Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbarnwell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. Father, we thank you for today. We settle our hearts and our minds. We thank you, O oh God, for your peace, even now that passes all human understanding, to keep our hearts and mind. I declare the peace of the Lord to every one of us. I declare stillness from every anxious thought, every anxiety, every stress, every distress of life. I speak peace to every soul, every spirit. Be at rest in God your Father. Thank you for the peace of God that passes all human understanding to keep up both our hearts and minds in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We bend and bow to your will as we sit to listen to your word. We ask, O oh God, that you would speak to us in very profound ways as we explore your word tonight. Help us to fully understand its depth, its, its passion, its meaning, your heart in it. Holy Spirit, you are the greatest teacher. You lead and you guide into parts of truth. And I ask tonight that you would really teach and lead us into parts of truth. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you, especially those of you who've missed some aspects of this teaching on the Grace to Help series to consult the website and to really, this I think is the fifth or sixth segment, I've even lost count now, section or part in the whole theme, sub-theme of grace to help. What I want to do tonight is share with you one secret to accessing help, divine help, in a very, very powerful way. And that would be, on Sunday I spoke about receiving help from the midst of the people. That's the midst of the church, okay? Um, you receive help. God is for me among those who help me, the text says. Okay? He sends the rod of his strength from out of Zion. Okay? The midst of the, of, of the body of Christ. Help determined for you will come through people. I want to just teach for the next, let's say, 40 minutes or so on help, accessing help. Right? You're positioning yourself in a supportive role to your spiritual leader. Now, I might be speaking to the choir here, because I'm just scanning the, the crowd. All of you demonstrate this truth in a very, very powerful and significant way. And let me just say this. I want to teach this to you. Some of the things you know, but I want you to have a, such a, an awareness of it and become um, more profoundly aware of the reality so that when you do position yourself in the activity, you release the blessing of this more fully. Okay? Now the key text here is 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. 2 Samuel 5, 1 to 3. And I want you to see this. Uh, now remember, Saul was the first king of Israel and he messed up big time. Disobeyed God. God said to him, I'm taking your kingship away. And who's going to take your place? David. 
So David, the little shepherd boy, would eventually kill Goliath. And it was God's intent that David replaces Saul. David becomes um, close to Saul. And he will, he will lead sections of Saul's army in, in battle. And even in that process, while David was still king, sorry, while Saul was still king and David was greatly used by God in Israel's army to bring major victories for Israel against their enemies, Saul gets jealous of David's success. Remember that when, when one day David came back from a major battle, all the ladies would sing, Saul killed thousands. But David killed tens of thousands. Now you're the king and, and your guy heading your army is having all this major success. Particularly when you as king are insecure in who you are, wouldn't you feel threatened by this, this lighty coming up? You know, This brew from Bethlehem, Judah, shepherd boy, suddenly has all this military prowess. Okay. Now, long story short, long story short, Saul would eventually hound David and seek to kill him. And David would run for his life, right? Almost for 13 plus years would be on the run. That's how long he was on the run for. Approximately 13 years. And God spared his life from a demonically possessed King Saul trying to take David out, take his life out. In the meanwhile, when Saul sinned, David at 17 years old was already anointed as king. Remember, the prophet went to his house and anointed him as the next king after Saul sinned. It would be 13 years later when David would be 30, when he would be officially recognized as the king. Now, you can't have two kings, not so. One king has to die. And David never, ever took Saul's life. He never, ever took Saul's life when he had occasion to. And it was on the plate. Even David's men would say, look, yes, he's sleeping in the cave. Take him. You'll become next king. David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Remember? I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Okay? So um, David still honored Saul as king. Right? God put you here, I respect you. Right? When Saul eventually died in a battle with his son Jonathan that he should not have been involved in, then David felt this legitimate right now to ascend to the throne because the king who was his greatest obstacle to the throne has now been removed. Okay? So what happened? There are tribes of Israel that would now recognize David as king. Judah was the first. And then subsequently Benjamin, Judah Benjamin. And then all the ten other tribes would progressively start to recognize, hey, this is our new legitimate leader. Let's support the guy now. Remember what we're speaking about tonight is support. Right? So you read this, this verse in the light of the background I've just given you. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron, right? So you picture all the tribes now, the 12 coming. Wow, new leader. Saul is dead. You're going to lead us now. You're going to lead us. Right? And they said to David, behold, we are your bone and your flesh. Now, who said those words to whom in the Bible? Adam said that to Eve, remember? 
Remember the Lord put Adam out into a deep sleep. And then he made Eve out of his rib. When Adam awoke out of his sleep, he couldn't sleep there afterwards. <laughs> because now there's a woman around. Right? And he could, you know, I don't know how long he lived on the planet before there was a woman. It could have been thousands of years. But the Bible doesn't give a... It doesn't happen like in the normal sequence of flow of, of events. God, the Bible simply says, and God saw that it was not good for man to dwell alone. Therefore, he made him a help meet. So your wife is your helper, taken out from your side, okay, as we always say. Not from your head. She mustn't be on top of you. Neither she was taken from your feet for you to trample. She was taken out of your side to be alongside you, a help meet, okay? A help meet. So, he wakes up from this deep sleep, and he was in the habit of naming things. He named every plant, every animal, called an ant, an ant, an ant. He named trees. So, the, his first instinctual response is, wow, man. <laughs> called a woman. <laughs> or whoa, man. Depending on how you read it, right? But he said, the first words out of his mouth, you shall be called woman. The man, you are a man just like me. I've never seen someone, you know, he's seen a lot in a thousand plus years. And naming things. He's never seen one of this that is so identical to him. Self with obvious differences. He's scrutinizing a body. He says, I can see. And by divine intelligence, he looks at her and he says, you've got a womb to bear children. So I'll call you the womb man. That's where the word comes from. One man is a man with a womb. Male, female, the male with the fetus, female. Okay, the possibility of carrying fetus. Right? And then he said this to her, you are bone of my, bone and flesh of my flesh. Now listen to me very carefully. You are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You are of my bone, you are of my flesh. You emit from me. Think about that context. When these men, soldiers, tribes of Israel, are coming to a newly installed king, David, at Hebron, and the first words out of their mouth to the king is, Behold, we are your bone and we are your flesh. What are they saying? We are one with you. We are tight. Everyone say we are tight. In other words, nothing can ever sever this relationship. So when God put Adam and Eve together, he said, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So these men say something very similar. It's a very intensely uh, uh, um, uh, uh, fervent expression of deep covenant when you say this. You're my bone and my flesh. You're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Okay. So they're saying, we are at one with you. We pledge support to you. And their words are actually this. Look at verse 2. Previously, they say, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and Israel in. They are saying, even when Saul was king, it was really you that was leading. Because Saul was disqualified as king. Do you know when Saul disobeyed God? Remember, he was supposed to fight an enemy called the Amalekites. And totally destroy them. God said to the king, you take these people out. These are enemies of mine. Wipe out the nation. Leave no one 
spare no one. You kill all the people and kill all the animals. Don't spare. I don't want. God said, I want the memory of the Amalekites wiped off from the face of the earth. Because God said, I'll never forget what Amalek did to my people Israel when they left Egypt. So God had this vendetta, if you would, against the Amalekites. And he raises King Saul to deal with them. But you know what, what, what King Saul did? He spared the best sheep and the king, Agag. You know the story. And when he came back from his victory uh, parade, came back after he war with the Malachites, a prophet called Samuel said to him, what is this bleating of sheep I hear in the background? Did not the Lord say to you, kill everything, including the animals? Right? And you know what he said? I fear the people. Therefore, the people made me do this. The prophet said to him, that day, today, everyone say today. Today, this is the prophecy to Saul. Today, not tomorrow, not next month. Today, the Lord has taken the kingdom away from you and given it to another who is David, who is better than you. How about receiving a prophecy like that? It's bad, eh? But you know what? So let me ask you a question. Was Saul removed as king from that moment on? Yes, but he still reigns as king for the next, what, 13 years. Right? Now you can, listen carefully, you can reign in a position that man recognizes, but that God has taken his favor off. So you are still a functioning king, although God had taken his hand off him. So you've got to understand this statement in that context. When the men say, even when he was King, it was your influence that kept us. It was your uh, uh, disposition as a leader. It was your leadership. It was you were the influence spiritually over the nation, even though there was a, a king reigning, legitimate maybe in man's eyes, but illegitimate from God's perspective. Right? Now let me just say this to you. The Bible says you must know them that labor among you. Right? Know who should lead you spiritually. Got to, your eyes have got to be open to this. Know, you must know the person that God put in your life as a spiritual leader to whom you must submit and connect to. And you've got to come at some stage in your life where you say, like these men said to David, you're my bone and my flesh. You're not talking naturally, you're talking symbolically. It's an expression of deep covenantal commitments. right? And they say to him, uh, they remind David of a prophecy. Right? Now, it's good to remind your leader of prophecies. Usually, it's the leader reminding the people of what God said. But yeah, people come and say, Oh, Randolph, did not God say to you? Right? So that the people say to David, The Lord said to you, they remind him of a prophecy, You will shepherd my people, Israel, and you will be a ruler over my, over my people, Israel. Okay? So, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King, and, and King David made a covenant with them before the Lord at Hebron. And they anointed David king over, king over Israel. David had three anointings, which I won't go on to now. One in Jesse's home, one here by Israel at Hebron, and a third one at Zion. Okay, three distinct anointings as king. Okay, and they all lead into each other. Now... Look at, so isn't this a marvelous picture? Eh? People coming to a leader 
and saying we pledge our support. Right? And it's all the tribe. If you go to First Chronicles, which details some of the specificities of what went on here, First Chronicles 10 and verse 11 says the following. Watch. Sorry, First Chronicles 11.10. Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had who gave him strong support. Everyone say strong support. Was it just support? Come on, talk to you. Was it support? No, it was what kind of support? His strong support in his kingdom together with Israel to make him king according to the prophecy, according to the word of the Lord. Uh, there are two things you must always decide before you commit yourself to a leader. Study his history and study his prophecy. You don't want to, come, you don't want to make sure. Yeah? This guy got at least some words from God. And you know his history. Because they said to David, even when Saul was king, we were at our eyes on you. You were the one leading us in and out. So we, we've known your historical influence. And we remind you, did not the word of the Lord say to you, you will shepherd my people Israel? Okay? So two issues you must clarify in your heart. This is, goes for all of us because we don't know where life will take you one day. Make sure the person you are submitted to has got a good track record. Right? Because there's some faulty leaders out there. <laughs> and make sure at least you can corroborate and authenticate that the person is carrying some legitimate prophetic mandate in reference to the future. Okay? And these, these men were convinced of both, of both issues. And they come. Now, when those two things are in place, this is what I want to challenge the house with. It's then that you can offer to that individual strong support. Not just support, but strong support. Now, why? Look at First Chronicles, same book, First Chronicles chapter 12. And verse 1. How do they offer him the strong support? Now these are the ones. And they were among the mighty men who helped him in, in war. Now remember on Sunday I said to you, God helps you through people. Not so? God helps you through people. David's men were a source of divine aid to him. That without this strong support of David... There are certain, certain grace downloads do not come to them outside of this economy. Right? It's all well. Let me just say this to you. You must be a good son of God. You must live right, read your Bible, you know, pray, fast on occasion, give people easily will hurt you, you know, love all the people, do, do acts of kindness, charitable deeds, add this component to it. Factor this thing into, the, into your whole thing. And see what happens in terms of how God will endow you with help yourself. Now remember I said to you on Sunday, if you want to receive help, you must. So help. Tell someone, give help. Right? So instead of just saying, Lord, help me, help me. I want to be the recipient of help. Help me, help me. I must help another. Position myself to help somebody else. And in that process, I ensure that God's help will be my portion. So, listen carefully. They were among the mighty men who helped him in, in war. These men firstly came around David in his most vulnerable seasons. When he could have been taken out by Saul who was still on the prowl against him. 
and they protected him in the same. Who was David's best friend in the Bible? Jonathan, remember? Or wasn't Jonathan Saul's son? Yes, Saul's son. Saul hates you, want to kill you, but his son is your best friend. And Jonathan was a very faithful friend to David. And he knew of his father's wicked intentions against him. And he always positioned himself in a protective disposition to, to David. That's one expression of help. I want to challenge you. You position yourself in a, in a disposition of protection against or for your leader. When you sense an unusual attack, either by scandal, by person, by accusation, against a credible leader, that is not the time to say, oh, who is he? I don't know him. <laughs> right? No, that's the time to say, listen, I'm his son. So if you speak against him, you speak against me. You know what Paul said about Timothy? Paul said to Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, do not be afraid of my chains. If I'm in chains, if I'm in sorrow, you don't distance yourself from my, from my, from my difficulty. Okay? So, but it, it's obviously must, you don't, you don't endorse the error of a leader. You must be certain that your leader is a good guy, credible, you know, honest, sincere, got a pure heart. You, do, you, you don't want to protect error. You don't want to earn the other end. Okay, so these guys um, were protectors to David in war. Now, if you drop down to verse 17 of the same chapter, 17. Oh, by the way, where it says, and they offered David help in war. If you're making notes, the, the Hebrew word is azar, A-Z-A-R, azar. Where it says they helped David, it literally means to surround and protect. Literally, that's what the meaning is, to surround and protect to support, listen carefully, to give material and non-material support to. So to give practical and spiritual support to. And it also means to encourage a person. To encourage a person. Now, I want to encourage you to encourage me. How's that? Can we have a deal? Say deal. I encourage you, you encourage me. Right? You always think that your leader is this strong nothing can get to him kind of a guy. Remember at the end of the day, we are flesh and blood. Like anybody else, we are prone to discouragement. Like anybody else, we have faced life's difficulties that we have to deal with, just like you. And has it ever entered your mind that I've been the source of a constant flow of encouragement from my leader? Have I at least once reciprocated to say, let me encourage him in what he is doing? I tell you never help your leader. Listen carefully. Help your leader. One of the ways in which you can do it, yes, is by material support, financial, non-material, by prayer. For example, you can pray for him. If he's busy with a kingdom agenda, you can support that to the best that your, your, your person allows you to. Right? It's a very powerful economy um, in God. Let me just say this. David is not coming to be king without these guys. There's no way kingship is going to come. There's no way the prophecy is going to be fulfilled without the strong ring of intimate supporters that gave him strong support and helped him in war. David is not coming to the kingship without this component of the help of God afoot within his ministry. Okay? 
And I'm challenging all of you. Up your help. Tell your neighbor, up your help. Up your help. You want help, but give it. And Sunday, I said, give it to everybody. Help, help the beggars. Help people that are destitute in your community. Offer help, and you'll be the recipient of divine help. And I'm, I'm tonight, and maybe I'll, I won't get near completing this. Um, maybe the next ses- segment I'll, be, I'll give more practical case studies from the Bible of how this plays itself out. But this component, you must factor into your mind. I've determined this a long time ago. Now, I want to encourage you. Be a strong support. I will explain to you the blessings that come part now and part in the next segment when we do meet again. There's great blessing in this for you. I'm giving you a key that will bless you in life for the rest of your life. Okay? Now, let me explain it to you. Look at um, First Chronicles, same, same chapter. This is a lovely chapter to read, by the way. Before you sleep tonight, just read First Chronicles 12 and read how the, all the guys just came to him and just blessed David and offered him various kinds of expressions of help and support. In verse 21, the Bible says, uh, oh, let's just continue reading this. I didn't, I didn't complete this. First Chronicles, verse 17, go back, and 18. We didn't read it. David went out to meet them. So they all come to support him. He goes out to meet them and he says, uh, he said to them, if you come peacefully to me, to do what? To? Everyone said to help me. So he said to the guys, if you're coming peacefully to help me, my heart shall be united with you. We'll be at one. But if you betray me to my adversaries, since there's no wrong in my hands, May the God of our fathers look on it and decide. Uh, So David says, if any of you are coming here with ulterior motives, you're professing help, but you're coming with betrayal, may God look upon you and may God deal with you. David's saying, I'm hands off. If you think that this is pure enough to support, but you're coming with the wrong motivation, my hands off, I hand you over to God. I won't engage you, God will deal with you. Because now you're not touching me, you're touching God. Right? right? And then he says in the next verse, watch. The Spirit of the Lord came upon, and Messiah was chief of the 30. There were 30 guys who were like the SWAT team. <laughs> these were the armed, trained, elite forces. In every army you get this in the specialized, right? So there was 30, and there was the head of the 30. He was Amasai. While David's saying the Spirit of the Lord comes upon this guy, and this guy says to David, we are yours. I like this. We are yours, O David. We are with you, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to him who helps you. Indeed, your God helps you. Now, question, did was Amasai, this guy, was he convinced that God is helping David? Yes. But he realizes the help that God gives David is actually being filtered through and administrated through the help that David's men bring to him. And he says this to you, peace to you, but not only peace to you, peace here to everybody that is helping you. There's a pronouncement of peace upon the community by this astute gentleman. He's a great leader in his own right, a Messiah. 
And he says, not just peace to you, but peace to everyone that is, that is with you. And David received them, these 30, and he made them captains of the band, heads of his army. Right? Key leaders um, in specific aspects of, of the ministry. Now, I want you to read, uh, go back to First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10. Watch this. First Chronicles 11 verse 10. We read this before. It says, Now these are the heads of the mighty men who gave David, so whom David had, who gave him strong support in his kingdom. Right? They gave him strong support. Now look at the same version of, the same portion of scripture in the King James Version. Now, it's amazing how, how this one, this particular version says exactly the same thing but differently, slightly. These are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who did what? Who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom. But the NASB we just read said they gave him strong support. But this version says in strengthening David, what are they doing to themselves? They're strengthening themselves. So the principle here is when you give strong support to your leader, you're actually setting up a principle of strength for yourself in the process. Don't think Randolph called us to a meeting to recruit strong support for himself. No. My hidden motivation is that you be strong. But this becomes a key. This becomes a vehicle by which you strengthen yourself in the Lord. I can't tell you, there's, there's, no, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my leader, my spiritual father in Christ. Nothing I wouldn't do. No sacrifice would be too big. Nothing, I'm saying serious, nothing at all I wouldn't do. Because I realize, listen carefully, it is in my best interest that he be strong. I'll say it again, it is in my best interest that he be strong. Because as I ensure his strength, what am I ensuring? A strong flow of grace download to me. I am disadvantaged if Pastor Thamo becomes weak. Right? It's not that we depend on men. Right? But we draw strength, we draw grace from the representation of Christ in our lives. It's in every believer's best interest that his leader is strong. Right? Because if your leader is strong, so will you. Okay? Right? So it's, it is wise then to offer your spiritual leader Strong support. Strong support. And I want to encourage you that um, the house here needs to take this component, factor it into your lives, and develop it quite vociferously. Okay? Now, just one or two more scriptures. First Chronicles 12 and verse 21. First Chronicles 12 and verse 21. The men came to him, and the Bible says they helped David against the band of raiders. For they were all mighty men of valor and were captains in the, in the army. Verse 22, day by day men came to David to help him until there was a great army like the army of God. Only time in the Bible that a man's army is compared to the army of God. When God saw David, and when God saw the kind of support 
that, and the, the quality of their hearts of the men around David. God said, there's nothing on the earth right now that mirrors my army in heaven like this guy's operation on the earth. There's nothing that's so akin to something heavenly like what David has in terms of his modus operandi, in terms of the quality of the men that are around him to support him in his time of war. So I want to encourage you to strengthen yourself by strengthening your leader. Do you know David's men were some of the baddest dudes around, right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to temper with these guys, right? These guys were like fierce. Some of the Bible says they had faces of lions. You talk about not even the 300, you know the movie 300? Not even that kind of tenacity. I think David's men would have made those 300 shiver. David's guys were like a league of their own. The Bible says in the height of the Jordan where the river was overflowing, these guys decided to cross that thing. It says their feet were like, like hinds' feet, gazelle's feet on the top of mountains, scaling insurmountable odds. These guys were bad <laughs> in a good way. You know we talk. <laughs> these guys were, don't you, if, you know, if, if, if the Lord ever gives me one day and says, I'm going to play back history, where do you want to be one day? In human history, in biblical history. Where would you want to be, by the way? Maybe you want to be with Moses, trust him through the Red Sea. Where would you put yourself in the Bible? Say, Lord, I want to experience that. Maybe some of you around Jericho's walls. <laughs> See the walls come crumbling down. Where would you be? One of my options, one of my preferred options would be, I want to be one of the 30 in David's army. I want to feel like what it felt to give a leader strong support. I want to feel like what it felt to see my leader's enemies and we, leader you relax, we deal with him. Right? And we make you strong in the process strengthening ourselves. Right? We often say this, and I say this for your reminder. David killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. Remember? When he was still a shepherd boy. The, the, one, of the, one of his leading men killed a bear. Was it a bear? In a pit on a cold day, the Bible says. So David killed the bear, but David's men killed a bear in the middle of winter in a pit. Right? David killed Goliath, but one of David's men killed a giant that makes Goliath look like a child. The point is, whatever David did, David's men did far greater, but they realized we're only this good, we're only this grace because of our support to one from whom this grace flows. So a leader never ever gets jealous of the accomplishments of his followers. A father never ever gets jealous of his sons, not so? Right? I sent that clip this morning, T.D. Jakes' exhortation on run. You listen to that? I think he says that there, a father never ever gets jealous of the, of the accomplishment of his Sons, but it's in the father's clear objective that his sons do far more and outpace him. But when the son gets successful, the son mustn't think, hey, I don't need dad anymore because check what I'm doing. He killed a bear, I killed a bear in the pit on a cold day. He killed Goliath, I killed a giant that makes Goliath look like a child. Right? They were still submitted to their leader because they realized we are this strong because we gave him strong support and I'll see the results being expressed in our lives. Right? 
Tell your neighbor this is a key. Come on, this is a key. May the eyes of your heart be open to receive, to see this, uh, to, to see it play itself out. This is a, a, a major key that you must install into your life. If nothing else, know this principle and live it. Just one more scripture because of time. Gee, there's so many other case studies we have. But let me just do one more scripture. First Chronicles 22, verse 17 and 18. Now David's about to die. And his son Solomon's about to take over. David commanded all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon, saying, verse 18a, Is not the Lord your God with you? Okay? So he encourages, he's paving the way for the next leader, which is his son Solomon, to take over his place when he dies. And he installs the principle in the lives of the key leaders. Go back one verse. I want to close with this verse. David commanded the leaders of Israel to help his son, Solomon. Okay? There was a command. Solomon will be next king. All your leaders help him. Right? For in helping the king, you are helping yourself. In strengthening the king, you are strengthening your, yourself. You don't want a weak leader. You want a strong leader. Amen. Do you pray for your leaders? I'm talking in reference to Rene and I. Right? We need much prayer, be honest. People look at us and think, wow, strong, spiritual. But we face battles like everybody else. We face challenges. We face temptation. It's in your best interest that we don't fail at any level. Right? So you must uh, tell you never offer strong support. Because yeah? as you do that, you become strong in the process. I will talk about other aspects. I thought I'd get there tonight, but I really don't want to keep to my promise uh, to release you early. <laughs> yeah. But may you resolve in your heart. May you offer uh, strong support to the one that God has positioned as, as your leader within your life, which in our context would be us in this, in this, in this household of faith. I really believe that God wants to formulate an army that will be, look like the army of God in the heavens. A Davidic people, a David-like group. And God says, wow, there's nothing these guys will put their hands to that they will not be able to accomplish. Do you know we don't have a big church, right? We're small, relatively small. But you, do you know there's nothing we will not be able to do in this city, even in our smallness? You don't, need a, you don't need a group of 5,000, a church of 5,000. You just need a small group of strong support, strong help. Right? And there's nothing that you will not be able to do in the city. Amen. So, so help to others and this component. So help to your leader. And in, in our next segment, I'll demonstrate to you the same principle from a host of examples that I have here um, with, within my notes. So, but I won't go to them now simply because of time. And um, stand with me. I want to pray this prayer of impartation to you. And I know those who are not here but will eventually listen to this teaching via the recording. What I want you to encourage you, just lift up both your hands. Lift up both your hands. I've shared God's word with you tonight regarding a key by which you will strengthen yourself in Christ. Every one of 
the grace configurations that God has graciously given us as leaders, I say to you tonight, you can take it to the next level in your own domain. Whatever um, we have been endowed with, I pray tonight for you that are here and those listening via the recording, that things double in your life. That you do seven times better. That you do seven times more. Yeah? I speak to you young people, even to you little ones, and these boys in the front. Lift up your hands. May you become seven times better than, than what we are, than what your parents are. May you shine. All the youth here. Come on, youth, lift up your hands. Young, young men, young girls. May the Lord bless you exceedingly. May you become strong. May you become mighty men like in David's army. May you have the faces of lions, the feet of gazelles, the skill, the sight of eagles. May you be fearless in your day when you administrate kingdom affairs. I bless you with this. May you do far greater, all of you, all of you, even adults and parents that are here. Some of you don't count yourself out. You might say, but I'm old, I'm past that. No, don't count yourself out. I pray the blessing tonight of longevity over your life. May the Lord keep you for many, many, many more years. And I pray that your legacy will be one of strength. Speak strength to you. You will offer strong support, will be strong. There will not be a moment of weakness. There might be testings of weakness. I declare to you in the name of the Lord, but you will not succumb to that. You might have experienced some difficult seasons in life where your faith is tried, sorely tested, sorely tried. But the Lord says to you, by virtue of, and some of you, I just want to remind you with your eyes closed, you've supported extremely strongly, and the Lord notes that tonight. And the Lord says to you, your legacy will be one of great strength. Your legacy will be one of great strength. I pray great grace and peace be your portion, every one of you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord strengthen you. May you be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Whatever you're facing in life, this week and for the future, this month and for the future, this year, and even for future years, I declare to you, you will pass through every single test and come out the stronger. I declare to you, your suffering will not make you weaker. Your trial will not diminish you. Your hardship will not set you back. It will set you forward. It will set you forward in the name of the Lord. And I pray that the Davidic anointing of David's men be on the house tonight in Jesus' name. May we be like David's army, a mighty army like the armies of God in the heavens. Father, I ask for this grace. I ask for this anointing in Jesus' name. Give us this grace. Give us this capacity. Give us this enablement, Father, in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. Anoint, anoint our cognitive capacities. Give us witty minds. Give us Give us, give us wisdom from the heavens. For those of us in our workplaces, in our businesses, I pray we will know the help of God. I bless your people, every single one that has come tonight, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.